The sky was a spring-blue bowl arched over gently rolling plains. It caught to the west at enormous white-capped, harshly jagged mountains, faded pale eastward to even flatter ground. South, the river Torth faded into distance, edged by the yellow-green grasses of the great marshes. North, there was on such a clear day, normally the faintest hint of purple across the horizon to mark the distant bluffs across the river Plenth. Today, there was nothing save a smoke haze. Telat. The northern barbarians rode from their strongholds in Anacella, burning and slaying as they came. The king's city was a broken beehive, people running wildly through the streets, flying in a disordered mass down the close-paved road that led to the harbor. The double gates were flung wide to accommodate that hysterical traffic, and the king's own household, men stood at the gates, arbitrating sudden disputes, helping parents locate children, aiding the old and ill to conveyance. The lone horseman lay across his mount's neck, hands wrapped around her, caught at each other by the wrists. His eyes were pain-narrowed, exhausted slits. The horse limped. They went unnoticed at first in the crush and panic, but then his ancient charge and her meager bundle of possessions safely loaded onto a cart bound for the harbor. Narsid, a swordsman of one of the minor barons, turned to search out others in need of his aid. The horse staggered. Narsid called for aid and sprinted across the crowded gateway. There, man, we've got you, you're safe. What in Kudera? His thought mocked. A hasty glance back out the gates and northward assured him the line of burnings had come no closer. A swollen hand, the nails black with half-dried blood, waved feebly. The rider coughed. I am Gors, <coughs> Corlinson. <coughs> I message for the king. Gors, the swordsman whispered to himself. Hard to tell, under all that dirt, the blood-stiffened hair. But he spoke truly, it was Lord Cory's son. But by all the mothers at once, here? He glanced up as a shadow crossed them. His baron and his captain stood there. Lord Gron, it's Lord Corwin's son, he's hurt. Can see that, boy. Get him a healer. He has messages for the king, sir. Messages? The wounded boy was reviving a little. The captain knelt with water, then caught at his waist to help him up. Narsid ran ahead with word as Gron came to the other side. Brant's grand reception was light, but cold. No fires had been lit. The hall was filled nearly to capacity, Crowded with nearby lords Holder and their armsmen, a few of the household women and servants who had not yet been put aboard ships and sent down river, and half the king's council, the elders were already gone. Telot. The name was in every thought, if not upon every tongue. The Telot rode south, vanquishing Nadeo a horse length at a time. This was no simple spring raid, such as had plagued the farmers and herders near the plinth, such as that which had netted the barbarians the whole province of Anacella. But there was another name on the tongues of those in the reception at the moment, Ilya. Brandt had just again publicly named his daughter and only child his heir and extracted heir's oath from them all. The girl, she was scarce of age and still wore her bright coppery hair plaited, had taken her vows to the king gravely, taken the oath of the lord's holder and the council with the same aloof gravity that was clearly as much fright as training. Nervous whispers echoed across the chamber. It was bad, serious, 
if he'd swear them to his chosen heir again, as though he didn't expect to survive. His choice. In Nadeo, it had always been King's choice who might be his heir. But Ilya, not all those present swore to her with good grace. Her father was Nadeo's king. One had only to look at her face to see the young Brant there. But her mother was an Ildrin noblewoman, a member of their second house, sorceress. And while not all Nadeo felt as the Chosen's new religion prated that witches were a black evil, few of the plains folk were comfortable with Scythia's powers. Though, most admitted, she never flaunted them, and indeed used little in public save her healing.